0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Periodic Table, Episode 7, I Can Has Electrocution, recorded January 5th, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. All right, and here we are, back with Episode 7 of The Periodic Table. And this week, we have a small group with us. Uh, We have Mr. John Mikulski, the Taiwan teacher. Hey, John.
1: Hey, it's only the important people that are here today.
0: The important people, okay. And Mr. Brian (laughs) Gruber,
1: the other Taiwan teacher. Hey, Brian. How are you? I've just been nominated for the Important People group. I feel very special. I I was actually
2: just talking about Mark. Sorry about that. I slip of the tongue.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's one of John's
0: circles, isn't it? Important people, and I think you and I are the only ones in it. Yeah. Um, So... Uh, we had a third member who was going to be with us, Mr. Eric Fay, our uh, uh, almost resident uh, co-host. He's he's one of the, the the ones that's been on it the most and uh, sort of the uh, um, town commie, as somebody called him. What was what they call him? The uh, the it wasn't town. What was the word? It was like the resident commie or the usual commie, something like that. It made me laugh. Right. But anyway. Um, he sent me a text, a rather terse email actually, just before we got started, said emergency came up, can't be there. So we've got a lot of notes here that he filled in, but he's not going to be here to talk about. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go with it anyway. <laughs> but we got Brian and, and John here. We've got the Tightwad Teacher crew. The three of us do the Tightwad Teacher podcast. So if you haven't uh, uh, listened to that, you'll get something here that's nothing like that at all.
2: Yeah, this is a little bit more PG thirteen <laughs> than our typical recording, isn't
0: yeah. it? Uh, yeah, we yeah, we, that's a good way to put it. PG thirteen. We try not to be R, but we don't we don't necessarily need to stay G.
2: Yeah, already some of the stuff <laughs> that we were talking about before we hit record may have pushed us over into that R. So uh, we'll try to keep it below that level.
0: Well, there's a reason it was before <laughs> we hit record. Exactly. All right. First up, Great. I just had a little uh, story that I wanted to tell. Uh, that was just a cute little. Uh, F- a parent moment anybody with young children will appreciate this just tonight um, as i was uh, getting the youngest one ready for bed uh, we were brushing hair and doing all that sort of stuff and it was ready for bed and she crawled up in my lap and and just sort of made herself comfortable i said no honey we we don't have time to snuggle we've it's bedtime you got to go and she said can i have a little snug just one snug <laughs> so i a said snub. it's
1: funny you mention that because i had a request just you know 20 minutes ago to read a bedtime story and for snuggle time and i'm like it's you know nine thirty right. going on 10 o'clock at night here and i'm like come on <laughs>
0: so i said okay we can have one snug and she leaned in and touched her cheek to mine and that made her happy and then she went to bed so uh, just one snug that's a new a new verb
2: And do you have that same problem (laughs) that I have, Brian, where they ask for one story and it's already late and you're ready to get on with your night and they pick the longest book that's in the bookshelf? It's like, oh, good. The kids three chose Dante's Inferno for their bedtime story.
1: (laughs) See, that's why you should aspire to my theory of book reading. And that is if you can't see the beginning and the end at the same time, don't even bother starting.
2: Yeah, we have that shelf on the bookshelf and it's like the little kid books and they're like the the tag board. They're not even real papers. There's like four pages in them. There's nights when we say, we can choose from this shelf tonight and you don't give them any other (laughs) options.
0: It's like, Daddy, can we read Moby Dick again, please? I love that story.
2: Uh, Yeah, Yeah. it's called
0: magazines for me. Magazines. (laughs) The way we do it is uh, we hold up like three books and say, pick one. And that way we can pick. You know, the short books or the medium books, depending on the time. Uh, my girl, my older girls are into chapter books right now, so it's one chapter. And then then we'll scan through and say, all right, this is a book with long chapters. We'll put that one aside for another night.
2: Oh, yeah. See, <laughs> my, my daughter is four, and she has the most incredible memory I've ever seen on anybody, let alone a four-year-old. And she remembers the book sometimes, like, verbatim. So there'll be times when she picks a long book and I'll get halfway through and I just start fudging everything. I figure I could just very quickly describe the picture on the page and move on to the next one. And she'll stop me and say, oh, you're doing that wrong. That's yeah. not what's really there. Like she calls me <laughs> out on everything. So well, once I'm in it, I'm in it for good.
0: Yeah, I find that with yes. my, my youngest, who's three, uh, I can usually skip whole sections of a book, mm-hmm. especially if it's one she knows, because she just, oh, yeah, I remember that part. And then we could go. Uh, but I, I do find that as she's getting a little older, uh, she she catches me. And and her fun thing to say is, uh, I don't say I don't do the same voices that mommy does.
2: Oh yeah, that's a big deal. (laughs) Yeah,
0: so I'll do a voice and say, "No, Daddy, that's not how it goes. That's not how mommy does it. Uh, Well, then mommy should be reading you this book.
2: This is how Daddy (laughs) does. That's right. Yeah, maybe mommy's the one that's doing it wrong, honey.
1: (laughs) Did you? Does mommy have facial hair? I think not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I do more voices than mommy does. So, moving on to something quasi-serious, um, uh, how do you guys feel about software patents in general? This is a tech show; we're tech people. Um, let's talk a little bit about software patents. How you feel better there, Brian? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Boo! I think they've gotten way out of hand. I'm, I'm sick of them. I, I know that the uh, the intention was great, but I think we're far beyond the uh, original intent of. What software patents were created for?
0: Well, what was the original intent of a patent?
1: Um. Well, in my limited understanding, I would say the original intent was to protect the um, the actual, you know, creator of the software um, from you know having their intellectual property stolen. I suppose, if you will.
0: Yeah. So uh, a, a fellow over, uh, at a website called Frugal Dad. I've never heard of it before today.
2: Yeah, get it, that guy on. He's right up our alley.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he he
0: did an infographic. Infographics are big these days, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Uh, but he just listed some, uh, some facts, uh, and he cites them well, so we know that they are facts and just not his opinion, about patents in general, and then uh, more specifically goes into software patents. So he talks about some legitimate patents like for example the light bulb or an ice machine or the cotton gin those are revolutionary ideas the idea of of a patent one of the things that uh sort of sets it apart according to the u.s patent office uh and i don't know how things are in other countries i know this is an international show but we're going to be talking about us because that's what we know is it has to be a non-obvious idea to an expert in the field so somebody if an engineer can look at something in engineering and say that was obvious, then it's not patentable by definition. A patent has to be a non-obvious idea by an expert in the field. So what may be an obvious idea, a uh, non-obvious idea to you like the cotton gin might have been obvious to an engineer. So that's, that's one of the rules that was set up a long time ago when the patent office was set up. But here are some patents that right now exist in the patent office. Thermally freshened bread, i.e. toast, a method for concealing partial baldness, i.e. a comb over, an apparatus for simulating a high five, a disembodied hand sticking in the air. These are things that have actually been patented. Does that sound like non-obvious
2: to you? Gold mines. I heard you read off three gold mines there. Why didn't (laughs) I think of that stuff?
0: Yeah. (laughs) The comb over, clearly that's (laughs) not obvious. No bald man has ever thought of combing his hair over his bald spot ever before. (laughs)
2: Judging by my reflection in the mirror, I'm not going to think of that one for another four (laughs) or five years. (laughs) Then I'll come to and go, why didn't I think of that one?
1: And so that's kind of the way... I'm thinking to myself, somebody really wants to be associated with that kind of a thing for the rest of their life. Yeah. You know? I mean, Toast, I can see Toast. I mean, it's easy Mm -hmm. to be a fan of Toast.
2: So, are you saying but well, to be well,
1: to be permanently uh, associated with the comb over,
2: Ryan? You think you could brand it with your name? Like, if that was you, would you name it after yourself? Like, you'd see someone walking down the street, nice or, Bruger. Or, or, yes. What a Bruger! <laughs> Did you see Donald Trump's Bruger? Man, that thing is so awesome! <laughs> it, it makes this whole TV
1: show. So that means that means pretty soon we're going to have the Tebow being patented,
2: <laughs> quite possibly. Well, we kind of unofficially <laughs> have the fever, don't we? Yeah. So right now, <laughs> currently
0: there are 8 million patents uh, in the uh, uh, U.S. Patent Office with another 3 million pending. So there are, there are almost uh, half as many pending as have ever been created in the hundred or so years of the U.S. Patent Office. An estimated 30% of patents are for things that already exist. Okay? So 30% of 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 8 million patents is roughly 2.4 million patents of things that already exist. So th- something was already out there and somebody decided to patent it after it had been done. So we've got an issue there. These these are things that are, um, I'm just going to, I'm not going to go through all of them, but then we get into software patents. Okay. Here are some real software patents. Okay. Backing up data online is patented. Providing a user interface is patented one-click purchasing is patented opening up a pop-up window on the web is patented these are actual things that have software patents so anything that provides a user interface infringes on somebody's patents
2: but are those patents that are actually being like honored because if that's the case then someone is making a whole lot of money from Amazon every time someone buys a book from them right is that what you're saying
0: yes that's exactly what I'm saying that's why you hear about uh, the stories like Microsoft makes uh, you know $20 off of every Android handset that's sold because they have these uh, these obvious non-obvious patents um, for, for things like one-click purchasing I'm, I'm not sure who invented one-click purchasing I think maybe it was Amazon but anybody who wants to do that pays them a royalty now it may be a, a tiny royalty, but those tiny royalties add up, and so that's where you hear about things, uh, you know, patent trolls. These people out there that that own patents that they didn't invent; they just bought the patent from somebody else. It's almost like domain squatters, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's a company called Intellectual Ventures that owns over thirty five thousand patents. Two percent. Nothing ventures. like
1: concealing your name.
0: Right. <laughs> 2%, that what you really about? of those patents they invented. The other 98% they bought from someone else. And over the life of their company, they have collected over a billion dollars in licensing fees for licensing patents that they bought from somebody else about things like one-click purchasing.
1: We're in the wrong business.
0: Really? I mean, that's true. It's amazing how it kind of makes you wonder why you would want to invent something when you can just go sue people who've already invented something. So, yeah, I'm not going to go through all of this, but it was an interesting thing about the the U.S. patent system. And um, when you get into the idea of patenting ideas, patenting concepts, I think it's time to reevaluate the system. I understand patenting um, a method, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Cyrus McCormick had a method for reaping cotton, that nobody had ever seen before.
1: Right.
0: But the idea of, hey, we need to reap some cotton, you know, is not something that should be patented. But we've crossed that line somewhere along uh, in in history where we no longer patent methods, we patent ideas.
1: If you go back to those three original examples that you gave of the light bulb, ice machines, and cotton gins, nowhere along the line did anybody say that Only one person can actually have a light bulb, right? Or that they're, you know, all light bulbs must look the same. But if you then roll this forward into, um, into the modern day, uh, the first thing I think of in, you know, in technology, somebody makes a particular style of laptop or handheld device, and then says that nobody else can make one that remotely looks like the one that you know, was first out there. So if you look at the light bulb, I mean, have you guys been in Home Depot lately? <laughs> right. I mean, there's kind of a, a wall of
2: light bulbs. There's well, a whole section, yeah.
0: Well, just very recently, I don't, Apple, Apple sued Android, no, Samsung, for making yes. a tablet device with a glass screen that's roughly square. That was essentially their entire lawsuit, was you made something yes. that looks like our device. It's, it's, it's 10 inches, and it's made of glass, mm-hmm. and it's roughly square, therefore, you copied us is that not? is that a lawsuit suit that should really exist honestly?
1: Not any more than Ford should you know be suing Chevy for making a car with four wheels good idea i, but, should patent I mean really that.
0: I, should patent that. <laughs> I should go patent the four wheeled vehicle. And then I'll be rich beyond measure. I won't have to do this podcasting stuff anymore.
1: That's true. exactly
0: Because we all know that I mean, brings in the box, the podcasting.
1: And I think what that what that type of attitude breeds and where I'm thinking that the patent system has gotten off track is essentially it means that there's no competition. Everything, there only can be one type of something. And I'm not saying, you know, basically, you know, there can only be one truck because nobody else can have a concept of having a vehicle with a space to put objects in it, in the back, that's open to the air. You would you would have that patented. Right. You know, ice machines. You know, you only can have one refrigerator in existence or refrigerators from one company that actually have ice inside them that's like made on its own. Yeah. It just seems ridiculous to me.
2: Think about the progress, though, that we're prohibiting by having things like this. Like the only frame of reference I have when it comes to copyrights and laws and these kinds of things I deal with books because I, as a teacher, I'm always looking for the free books. I'm looking for stuff that I can get a whole lot of that doesn't cost a lot of money. So lots of times I look toward the public domain and the problem with public do- domain, especially with me, because I teach 13 year olds, is they're not going to be reading Dracula. They're not going to be reading some of these other books that uh, The Art of War. I mean, those ones that are in the public domain and I read actually a really interesting article a while back, and it basically talked about why books, it's such a, a mess to be doing things like copyright when it comes to books and intellectual property. Because with books, I believe it's 80 years after the published date before it is allowed, um, is it even eligible to be entered into the public domains for, for free use. And then it expense beyond that too if... Um, the original author's family wishes to renew it or something. There's a couple of different loopholes. But the basic gist of it is that it's going to be far outdated and far obsolete before it ever has an opportunity to be used as an an open domain source. And I kind of see that happening with what we're talking about here too, because like with books, what they're saying is that the profitability basically decreases exponentially within five years of a book being released. Think about, especially talking technology books, I have a book on my shelf from 2008 and it's completely worthless by now, right? So, but something like that, no one's going to be able to legally download that or legally, uh, for, you know, share that or or alter that text for another 80 years. And that's right. kind of ridiculous. So the argument I, I heard in this article, and if I find it, I'll, I'll put it up, is that basically, if we were to reduce drastically how long it takes for something to get into public domain, it's actually going to be better for us because there'll be more intellectual property that's freely available right
0: so we've got to protect that uh, Windows 95 for dummies for another 50 years <laughs> exactly um but that's, so that, you know that
1: being you said I can easily see patenting or you know copywriting a book because you know if I write a book I don't want John to come by and photocopy it everything but the first and last page and put his name on it You know, that makes perfect sense to me, but I don't think by copywriting a book, you're prohibiting the future, future book writing, you know, by other people. It's not like you're patenting the, the concept of teaching something by way of using words on paper.
0: Yeah, so we sort of strayed from from patenting into copyright, uh, copyright, but th- that it's all the same thing. It's protecting intellectual property. There's real right. property. There's a, a, a chunk of land, and then there's intellectual property. It's an idea I came up with, a song I wrote, uh, a sonnet, sure. you know, something like that. And I I'm all about protecting. And and one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up is we have decried the SOPA and PIPA uh, legislations. That looks like right now. Are just going to pass, plain and simple. And we've talked about uh, how they're bad things. And I just I want to sort of get into some of the specifics of why our current system needs to be scrapped and started over. I'm not opposed to protecting ideas. For example, um, the Viagra guys, whoever invented that, you know, old guys, <laughs> old guys are getting it up now all over the world because of Viagra and i'm fine with with that being protected you know well, i'm fine with there not being a generic viagra for a while because they spent money in research and development on that they had scientists working on that they did testing
2: so you know <laughs> what kind yeah, of testing uh, would they do <laughs> I <gotta> go there <laughs>
0: Was it animal <laughs> testing or human trials or, or oh, both? Gross. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to go. Okay, Tylenol. Let's let me tra- change yeah. drugs. <laughs> no, no, no. You've already derailed that
2: trade. Yeah. You just gotta keep going on But, but, but <laughs> no,
0: Tylenol is a good example because it's been around a long time now, and it has. It's, it's outside of its patent period, and now you can go down to, you know, Bob's Drugs and stuff, and buy you know generic acetaminophen and we all benefit from that but I'm okay with whoever invented it first having made their money back on it well that's the whole idea with patents and with copyright they're supposed to exist for a while where you have exclusive rights to that and then they disappear like the incandescent light bulb for example the Edison bulb is no longer patented that's why Brian there's so many of them there at Home Depot um sure I'm, I'm sure fine but for that.
1: My argument with you know the Tylenol or you know let, let's take you know pick a drug whatever one you want to pick. Um with with dr- the we'll use Tylenol because that's just a safer topic and you know <laughs> with three guys on the on the show this might derail faster than you can say boo. Yeah,
0: it is a bit but of a the, sausage fest.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you have, you know, a drug that is supposed to relieve pain you know, the makers of Tylenol, I don't believe ever requested that nobody else have any type of pain relieving drug, you know, and go to the people who make Advil and say, you know, you can't um, make a pain reliever because we made a pain reliever. They're saying you can't make a pain reliever like ours. And exactly. I think where the patent, where the it distinction goes wrong I was making earlier, say,
0: from method to idea, a pain reliever sure. is an idea. Tylenol is a method.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's not like you're. I think what we're trying to do, or too often, what's trying to be accomplished with the patents that are currently held now, is they're trying to use the patent to eliminate competition. And I don't think that that's what what they were originally designed for. They were designed to protect intellectual property, not eliminate competition. Right. You know.
0: It is a fact that in the U.S. The last, I think, three times that Disney properties, Mickey Mouse, have come up for the expiry of copyright, copyright laws have changed. Okay? That's a fact. You can lay down the timeline and you can see that just about the time any idiot was going to be able to silkscreen Mickey on a T-shirt and sell it for $3, copyright laws changed so that that was no longer legal. And now copyright is life of the artist plus 75 years. All right? Walt Disney died in the 70s, 60s, I'm not sure. But whatever that date was, now 75 years before anybody but Disney can draw a picture of Mickey Mouse. I'm sorry, that's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I mean, what good... uh, Life of the artist plus maybe 10 years so that you cover his estate? Or how about maybe life of the artist? If he didn't make any money during that time? (laughs) He's not going to?
2: (laughs) So it's 75 years after his death uh, unless they unfreeze his cryogenic head and then it starts all over again.
0: But what'll happen is 73 years before his death, US copyright laws will change.
2: Right. So anyway,
0: okay, moving on from that subject.
2: That was way too serious for this show. This whole conversation, we got to find something fun to talk about.
0: Well, yeah, I'm uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I'll, try be, I'll try to be funnier. <laughs> uh,
2: we did get we did get a, a Viagra and an erection joke in that's there right. somewhere, yeah. so there that'll that'll <laughs> appease the audience, I suppose.
0: Yeah, to quote uh, to to make Sean happy, we've got to talk about the rectal area at some point during the show uh, before it'll actually be a show. Uh, that was his rule, I believe.
2: <laughs> oh, that stinks.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not even gonna justify that with a response. Yeah, so here's bad. an article from the New York Times. Well that says that it's harder for Americans to rise from lower rungs, basically saying that uh, what they're calling economic mobility, moving from poor to rich, is harder in the U.S. right now than anywhere else in the country. And they go on talking about all the reasons for that. But I just wanted to lay down my reason for that. And that is because everybody in our country pretty much starts out pretty darn well off. The poor in America are richer than the rich in India, you know? Mm-hmm. so economic mobility all depends on how you measure it everybody wants to be in the middle class what is the middle class defined as now people make anywhere from 20,000 to 190,000 or something like that um so how do you how do you measure mobility when you keep dumping everybody in the middle class yeah we
2: got into politics
0: they both went to and
2: storm. we both get quiet this is not my area no <laughs> you, you know i i guess my my only cri- criticism about this is you know part of the problem is that there's a reason why people are are keep getting lower. There's a reason why they're not able to reach that middle class. And like you said, the middle class is certainly not unobtainable, especially by, you know, the, with all the extra help, extra support that's out there and the extra opportunities. So you have to wonder what is it that people are doing wrong not to have that opportunity? Maybe this is a different topic altogether, Mark, but, you know, it's the classic case. And I'm sure like all three of us work in, in schools, so we all see it to some extent. But it's the, the families that can't afford to put a meal on the table, but they all have the nicest phones and they all have the giant TVs. And I mean, I wonder if that's kind of a part of that is the reason why they keep getting lower is because they keep making worse choices.
0: Well, that's certainly a possibility. I mean, i i oh, very- wait, 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 wait. Go ahead.
1: Your, your choices are going to affect your life? It's
0: personal <laughs> responsibility. It's a non-concept.
1: <laughs> I, I think that's a little absurd, don't you?
0: Maybe we should patent that idea.
2: Oh, we could, we could make a lot of money, although we'd be making money off of people who don't have the money, apparently, to pay us. So. Yeah.
1: I, I just think that's absurd. I think that somebody should be looking out for me.
0: Yeah. So uh, one, of the reasons, <laughs> one of the reasons I'm passionate about this idea, this concept, is that I'm one of those guys. Um, I was one of those guys who was the socially economically socioeconomic disadvantage you guys you both work in schools you've seen that checkbox on forms right economically disadvantaged um i grew up just to give you a a quick glimpse um the uh my mother was a single mother with an eighth grade education raising two sons and our average household income would be six thousand a year you know that kind of thing we, you know when they handed out the government cheese I was one of the people standing in line you know I grew up on on all those welfare programs all those assistance programs I was one of those kids that couldn't concentrate in school because he was hungry I don't look like I'm very hungry now but um, you know, that's <laughs> all a success those, story all those cliches that you hear about <laughs> now and what did I do what was the difference i I worked I worked that's it it wasn't impossible for me to learn because I had a bad home life. It wasn't impossible for me to learn because I didn't go to the greatest private school. None of that was impossible. Maybe it was harder. Maybe not. But life is hard, people. I think that the Americans have lost the ability to hear those words, that life is hard. And no, nobody's I, rebutting me. Sorry.
2: No, I no, I totally agree with you. <laughs> I mean, it, it's... It, I think about it like, in, again, in terms of my classroom and there's times when kids will come in and they'll say, well, I had I, I, have, I have one student who is on two hockey teams. So the other day he came in and he said, oh, you know, I had two hockey practices, so I was out. I, I couldn't get my homework done. That's your choice. You made that choice right. and you, it, it's not a very Absolutely. good time management. And my answer to that, maybe this is just what I don't know. The, I don't know the president, whoever, needs to get on TV and to say because this is what I tell my kids when they give me this sob story about how how miserable things are and how they just can't do what they're supposed to. I tell them to suck it up, and I don't know if that's the right thing to say. I don't know. I've never been called out on it, but suck it up. It's and the, right the right thing, thing to say. You know, and, and part of it too is like you have to know how to play the game, and and I use that phrase all the time with uh, just in life you have to know how to play the game and i'm not saying take advantage of the game and not saying manipulate the game because god knows there's plenty of people doing that right now but you have to know that there's you got to suck it up sometimes and you got to do the right thing and sometimes you play the game and you have to wait to get the reward but that's just the way it is and i think the problem is there's so many people out there that don't understand that or aren't willing to see that
1: right Yeah, but doesn't somebody somebody need to be given the same opportunity?
2: I mean, aren't we all entitled to the the same same opportunity, opportunity,
0: Brian? Everybody in America has the same opportunity. There is no inequality of opportunity. It does not exist. It's a myth invented by liberals. There's no such thing as inequality. Inequality of opportunity. There is inequality of resources. Absolutely. There's inequality of of uh, support and and those disadvantages. But let's think about this. One of the things that, that pisses me off is that we spend all of our time trying to make sure nobody's disadvantaged. How the hell do you do that? The only way you can make everybody disadvantaged is make everybody advantaged. If everybody's advantaged, there is no advantage.
2: It's, everybody's special, nobody's special.
0: Right. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you can never make sure nobody is disadvantaged. It's not possible. I was a disadvantaged youth. I didn't have advantages. What I had was a work ethic and a brain. But I you was, did
2: say that you had a lot of support, though. You had those government supports and those kind of things that helped you get through that. That helped us survive, absolutely. And, and you did, but the difference is you didn't take advantage of that. There's people now that take advantage of that. Whether that's easier to do by today's standards, I mean, that's a whole different issue, but it, it's still there. You need that.
0: And I'm not anti welfare at all because you could say I'm a product of welfare, but welfare is something that you do for a while. And then you leave it. Right. Welfare is not a generational uh, curse. It's something that you do for a time when you need it, and it's then you move career. on. It's not a career. It's choice. not a career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and so so I what was, you're
1: saying is you're no longer digging the government cheese.
0: No, exactly. No, I go and I buy real cheese now it, with from Wisconsin. <laughs>
2: The good stuff.
0: Yeah. I buy, you know, Cabot. I buy the expensive stuff. You know, (laughs) I was the first person in my family to go to college, ever. Like, in all the generations that you can track my history, I am the first one ever to attend anything past high school. Does that make me special? In my family, it does. Absolutely. But the only difference is I chose to do it. So, Mm -hmm. okay.
1: i'm having a tough time coming up with an argument i was prodding and poking for a moment there but then it's tough to argue against you when i totally agree
2: (laughs) (laughs) and ultimately you're also the one that can just turn us off when we're talking so we have to be real careful what you're saying (laughs) i have the mute
0: button i can (laughs) do it i can just hang up on you
1: no it what gets me is that that notion of of entitlement that you know you know are we all given the same opportunity okay well we discuss that well i don't have the same options as somebody else and everything like that you mean to tell me that it's my fault if i'm if i am in the position that i am in and a lot of times my answer to that question is or statement is yeah because there's work involved in getting out of that um when you have additional kids just to get additional funds from the welfare system and that's your plan then it's probably not a really good plan right moving forward i suppose
0: see this is why i wish eric was here because you know he is our resident oh,
2: communist he, somewhere somewhere in and well, he's from texas right somewhere right. in texas right now he's just shrieking he doesn't even know why he's right. just foaming at the mouth and ranting and raving. And he <laughs> he can't felt the disturbance
0: in the force. That he, he did.
1: <laughs> so pretty much that family emergency is now him.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's there. <laughs>
1: All right, so I want to play you guys a, a YouTube
0: clip, just the audio of it, um, uh, yeah. of one of our um, aspiring presidential candidates. And I don't want to set it up anymore. It, it kind of comes in, uh, leads into what we've it, just been talking about, kind of. And I just want you to listen to this and then tell me what you think of it afterwards. This is Rick Santorum, Republican presidential candidate uh, in Iowa, I believe.
3: He just keeps expanding. I was in Indianola a few months ago, and I was talking to someone who works at the Department of Public Welfare here, and she told me that the state of Iowa is going to get fined if they don't sign up more people under the Medicaid program. They're just pushing harder and harder to get more and more of you dependent upon them so they can get your vote. That's what the bottom line is. I don't want to to make li- people's lives better by giving them somebody else's money. I want to give them the opportunity to go out and earn the money right. and provide for themselves and their families. And the best way to do that is to get the manufacturing sector of the economy ro- ro- rolling again.
2: Okay. So what did you hear in that clip? Well, up to that point, it sounds like uh, he was agreeing with a lot of what you were talking about, isn't it?
0: Okay. John, uh, Brian, any comments from
1: you? Um, That one actually sounded slightly different than the one that I actually heard on YouTube. I'm wondering if we had the same clip.
0: Yeah, well, um, the the line that got this headline was, I don't want to make what? What did he say? I don't want to make what better? Because here's the thing. If you just listen to it, you can hear one thing. If you're preconditioned ahead of time and told what you're supposed to hear, you're likely to hear something else. Let me back that up again.
1: Um, exactly. That's why I, That's why I was saying it sounded different this time.
0: It's exactly the same clip. I just didn't set it up intentionally. Okay? So let's, I'm going to play it one more time
3: you just keeps expanding. I was in Indianola a few months ago and I was talking to someone who works at the Department of Public Welfare here and she told me that the state of Iowa is going to get fined if they don't sign up more people under the Medicaid program. They're just pushing harder and harder to get more and more of you dependent upon them so they can get your vote. That's what the bottom line is. I don't want to to make li- people's lives better by giving them somebody yeah, else's right money.
2: I want to- Yeah, so what do you say? Well, he doesn't want to make black people's lives easier by giving them money now see i didn't hear that that that's the that's the headline
0: i i don't want to make black people's lives better what i heard is i don't want to make li- uh, people's lives i heard a misspeak okay i didn't well, hear the word yeah, black I, until i was programmed to it and i was told i was supposed to hear the word black
2: see i would almost agree with that now i again let me start this by saying that I'm really more drawn just towards uh, ridiculous stuff than I am political stuff. And Santorum is like because he, uh, <laughs> he is, is ridiculous and things. political, yeah. you know, and I could almost side with it with that and say maybe it was just a slip of the tongue. Maybe it was just misunderstanding. I mean, there's only so many phonemes in the English language, and there's a chance that maybe he started to say something and it kind of kind of sounded like black and just happened to fit in the sentence. But you know what? There's tons of controversial quotes from him, and a lot of them are. Um, loosely racially charged. So, you know what? I, I actually find him, if that is the case with this, I actually find that more offensive than if he were to come out and just very blazingly say something because, if anything, it's showing how subtle it is in his own mind and how ubiquitous that is in his thinking.
0: All right. Let me slip on into my native accent right now. Put on my.
2: <laughs> put,
0: that, this is how people around here really talk. Put on my resident redneck hat and ask this question What the hell difference does it make if he did say black people? He said the right thing. He said, I don't want to help people, black, white, purple, green, let's let's leave that out. I don't want to help people by giving them other people's money. I want to help them by giving them work and giving them jobs. That's the right thing to say. Okay, if he specified black people, does that make a difference?
2: I think it absolutely does. Because if he's running for a, a position that is supposed to represent everybody in America, whether it's Black, white, Asian, minority, whatever, he has to be able to be a person that can represent them in the best way possible. And clearly he couldn't do that for that significant population of the country.
0: How? By by acknowledging the fact that they are, in fact, black? It's not a secret. They know
1: they are.
2: <laughs> no but by him saying that is it everybody make, in
1: that situation is black but, it,
2: but if he's saying right, I don't wanna make black people's lives better by giving them money he's implying that every black person in America is in that situation and they're accepting handouts and this well, does go no, back no, to what we said not, earlier
0: he's not implying that every black person is in that situation he's implying that every person in that situation is black right so Exactly. If, if we're gonna twist his words let's at least twist them right <laughs> now I'm not C- correct you know, don't get me much, wrong, I'm not but, a Santorum supporter I just want to make sure we, we crucify the guy for the right things Go Right, ahead, well, Brian.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but Mark now that you're no longer in that situation, it's very possible that they could all be black correct?
0: That's true, maybe I was the last white guy, that's possible <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you,
1: you just wanted things for people to be able to argue about and and write in and comment about. So there you go. There's your statement.
2: See, and Mark, just for the record, I totally see through you right now. See, the show started off kind of in a lull. so you're doing anything you can to try to get me fired up, and it's almost working. Oh, you, but God. you realize, you realize how how little I care about politics. So I'm I'm trying to play along here, but it's it's a it's a stretch for me, man. Okay, but do you care about black people? Uh, Well, I guess it depends. (laughs) Are we giving them free money? Because, I mean, that's a whole different issue, right? It's
0: your money they're giving.
2: It's my money I'm giving, right, right. Well, again, I don't know this guy real well. I know that there's all kinds of anal references to him, and that's a whole different story. If you Google his name, that'll come up, and that's as far as I'm going to go on that. So I I know him simply because of the media craze surrounding him. And I know him from a list of controversial quotes I read about him. But again, the, the fact that he constantly brings up uh, race when there's really something that doesn't involve race. like There was a a quote he was talking about Obama's abortion views, and he made sure to talk about how remarkable it was that a black man would say such and such thing. It has nothing to do with the race of the president. It has nothing to do ultimately with the race of the people who are either on the system or abusing the system, but he keeps very subtly bringing that up, and that's got to be a telltale sign of something else that's deeper, that's something that we don't want in office and we don't want in the public eye or in okay, politics. Okay,
0: all right. I'll, I'll stipulate that. If you'll agree to me with me that Al Sharpton and Jessica Jackson can never again reference the fact that they're black. If you'll stipulate that, I'll stipulate what you just said.
2: Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, but, <laughs> but if they were to come out and say all the terrible things the whites are doing, that they would raise, do. It's sharp the why, off of, that. and that's the reason why neither of them have ever been able to successfully run for uh, the President of the United States. Okay? Well, I just I think it's uh, <laughs> it's, a,
0: it's a little weird that we go, get so bent out of shape about the race thing. Now, like I said, I'm wearing my resident redneck hat. i'm I'm a racist homophobe bigot Texan, all right? Those things all go together, apparently. So um, I'm just gonna say, that but yo know, oh and I'm a Republican therefore I'm evil. So um, having said all of that, I just don't get it. It's 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 like it's okay to label people unless you're a white Republican, and then it's not okay to label people.
2: But he's not labeling though. It's almost like he's using it to to try to emphasize some kind of underlying underlying fact that he that he has. Or it, it sounds like he's trying to use it as a negative. Like he, it's not like him saying. Whites or blacks or Asians or whatever, just to because it's relevant to what he's talking about. It's like it's slipped in there to equate black people with welfare.
0: And isn't that like
2: eighty percent true? You know what I? You're you're the resident uh, Republican redneck Texan. I'm the liber- liberal liberal <laughs> New Yorker. So whatever. I don't know. <laughs> what, what color people live in New York slums? But, uh, I I don't. I grew up probably as rural as you my my town my graduating <laughs> class was like a hundred people we had one black girl in the town and she was adopted by a white family so you're talking to the wrong person here
1: <laughs> bruger what what do you think uh, i i'm we actually had uh one black person in our high school and a graduating class of i don't know somewhere between uh one fifty and two hundred and um he was not adopted and he was one of my best friends so <laughs> i don't to me i think if we're going to get rid of racism as a whole we just kind of have to stop using it as a factor period whether it's in favor of those who are in the minority or whether it's against those in the minority we just need to stop Recognizing it, the only See, way to decide that it's not going to be an issue is to stop making it in an issue. Okay, it so we're all my, Let's just get that out there. We're all
2: it goes guys, back to my limits. my bottom line. My bottom line. We all just got to suck it up. Let's let's just suck <laughs> it up. Whatever it is, what it is, suck it up. We're done. See that applies on some now. Other I levels. would.
1: I I would like to say that we're we need to look and listen to one of the things that he said in there for its own political value, if you will, and that was prior to this supposed black comment was where he said that the government is going to penalize a state for not having enough people
0: on in a programs. government program. Exactly.
1: No, just just say in a government program. Well, if only 10 people in a state qualify for a government program, is that the fault of the state? Are you saying that we have to have people? Uh, according and- to Santorum, that does be- any
2: more black people. <laughs> 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 okay,
0: so, but I've seen that in schools, right? You guys have seen that, right? If you don't have enough, uh, uh, like, for example, we run yeah, this- our lunch program through the summer. Yep. Um, and if we don't get enough people taking part in that, we lose money. And it's not the money equivalent to the amount that we're feeding them, right? And so it's like they pay us, I, I'm going to make up numbers. They pay us $3 a plate to feed these kids through the summer. And we have 100 kids. So let's say that's $300 uh, times 100 meals. I don't know, $30,000. $30, I'm, I'm making this up. If we don't get enough of them, they deduct $2 billion from us right because we didn't spend thirty thousand.
2: Oh yeah that happens in my school all the time i know we get begged begged by our principal every year to get kids to sign up for the free and reduced lunch you know state aid thing that we have it's the same situation you have him yeah. okay. uh, but it does that but it comes back to the, the problem we were talking about like these programs and these you know these government programs and welfare and things like this They shouldn't be a career. They should be seen as a transition. And I think that's the part that everybody's missing, whether it's the politicians who are coming up with these ideas or the people who are on them. It should not be a permanent thing. And if you have that transition, you have that fluidity in and out, then it shouldn't matter how many people are on it. It's the correct number. It's like a stasis. Right.
0: Okay, so I just want to move on to one other very important uh, social uh, content uh, item, and that is that (laughs) Kelly Clarkson endorsed Ron Paul uh, on Twitter. (laughs)
2: so so what you're saying hold on so what you're saying is that santorum's like racist slip really whatever he's already sunk because kelly clarkson is not uh endorsing that's right
0: kelly clarkson has endorsed ron paul on twitter (laughs) and she created a twitter storm uh of people saying i can't believe like she like likes like ron paul i'm never gonna like listen to her albums ever again um and there were these uh thousands of tweets uh i can you believe what the internet has done to our language? I just said thousands of tweets, but anyway, <laughs> thousands of <laughs> of replies to her you post. Also said tweet storm, didn't you? Her yeah. Twitter storm. A tweet storm. Yes, it created a. a storm. It's better than sh- anyway. A different storm, uh, <laughs> which is also what she did, right? Right, she did that. Uh, but interestingly, like the week after that, her album sales rose. So the Twitter community Lambassador, and then the non-Twitter people went out and bought her album.
2: No, that means Ron Paul spent all of his money, all of his campaign money, buying up all the old (laughs) Kelly Clarkson stuff.
0: (laughs) You know, doesn't matter who a celebrity endorses. I never understood celebrity endorsements. I sing good, therefore I know good stuff about politics. Listen to me.
2: Yeah, celebrities are, you do not have to be smart to be a celebrity. So, oh, then again, you don't necessarily have to be smart to be a politician so maybe it's this, the the two go together
0: you don't have to be smart to be a podcaster i'm proving that every day yeah
1: that's true that's true. well see i'm gonna have to call john out because i am almost positive that he is in oprah's book club no. and <laughs> when she endorses something you know he's all over that
2: no am i, I right? don't know we're not we are not going to start throwing <laughs> slinging mud here are we
0: because I remember, Brian, wait, wait, wait. listening, uh, being uh, belonging in Oprah's book club is mud.
2: Wow. Is that because she's black, John? <laughs> I'm just surprised she knows how to read. Is that what you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I just. I, I, <laughs> oh, I'm not going to have a job in the morning. <laughs> uh, no, I just I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, you, you make it sound like that would be a bad thing. I, and and I, I like to mention that some of Oprah's choices are good. However, I, I like them because I think they're good books, not because Oprah endorses them.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Brian, did you have a follow-up to that since you brought it up?
1: <laughs> no, I'm just noting that John would like to mention that some of Oprah's choices are good. Some of Oprah's that- choices are good. Right. Yes, that clip will have to return sometime in the future. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So uh, let's see. The next thing I had on the list, uh, another uh, a very important, um, almost uh, um, world-changing. See, I'm having trouble coming up with the sarcasm even uh, event, is that uh, a Chinese company wants to make a Steve Jobs action figure, and Apple is suing them to prevent it.
2: I'm hoping it's a Steve Jobs action figure um, from when he was alive, not not current, because that's going to change <laughs> the whole landscape of this conversation. Yeah.
0: No, if you uh, click on the link in the notes there, you'll see it's a it's a it's kind of a creepy picture of Steve Jobs 10,000 meter stare, <laughs> holding an apple. You know the the later age emaciated Jobs with the small glasses, um, but that's the action figure that a Chinese manufacturer. Uh, the, wants to bring to market, and Apple is threatening to sue them. Can, can Apple sue? Do, does Apple own Steve Jobs' picture?
2: Own the patent to his likeness. That's I don't right. know.
0: We copyrighted Steve back in the early 70s, and therefore you cannot make his action figure. I don't understand where this comes from. I, first off, I don't wait. I start to say I don't understand why anybody would want this, but let's face it, this would be a billion seller. A Steve Jobs oh, action picture would be huge.
2: And you would totally buy one. Kind you would buy one for Sean next <laughs> I Christmas. Would. I
0: would send it to Sean for his birthday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want one then. Where can we get one of these?
0: Well, apparently the, you may not be able to. It's uh, There are issues uh, that, that Apple doesn't want to. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Here's one. Uh, oh, this is great. This slideshow is awesome. It's Steve holding up a little tiny uh, iPhone. Um, mm-hmm. And he's in his iconic jeans and, and black turtleneck. He's got a
2: <laughs> so you can you can you can stage you can stage all your own little personal reveals of yeah. products <laughs> i wonder if you pull a
0: string on the back does it say amazing okay. beautiful amazing. wait there's one more thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah one more thing you know i just it boggles my mind that this is actually a news story but it is on on mashable.com
2: so if we bought it for like our daughters would they pair him up like instead of ken steve jobs would be the one that's walking around the barbies (laughs) only only like the barbie the barbies would be fawning over him and he just looked mildly unimpressed
0: they'd have to be ironic hipster barbie does that oh yeah they
2: would have like the horn rim glasses yeah
1: she'd have okay guys i'm looking i'm looking at um photo four of five in here and i would like to point out that um in this photograph we're going to have to agree that the steve jobs action figure is actually violating the copyright of the hand raised um high five because <laughs> oh, you're obviously right. the the ball there is showing that his hand is actually not connected to the wrist because you know nobody has a ball between their hand and their arm and so it's violating copyright
2: yeah, that patent—the guy who patented the automatic high-five
0: machine. Yes. Yeah, that's way too right. close. But is this automatic, or does is it uh, human powered? That may mean that it's okay because you that's, have to position him in it. That's
1: true. But it doesn't have to be automatic, according to the um, according patent. to the to the patent I'm looking here. Hold on, I'm <laughs> going to look up this patent.
2: It, it's you know, actually, it's, a, it's a moot point, though, Brian. Cause it's I'm a, sure. Apple actually owns the automatic high-five patent. It's, they're one step closer to the the iRobot.
0: You know, see, I always thought says, that Steve Jobs owned Apple. I didn't realize that Apple owned Steve Jobs. That's that's new to me. Apparently, they yeah. built him in Waz's garage in the 70s, and, uh, <laughs> and they copyrighted him and patented him, and therefore, he is uh, uh, to be untouched by anyone else.
1: Absolutely. Oh. I'm looking at an apparatus for simulating a high-five disembodied robot arm that high-fives you. Look at that picture and tell me that that is not a <laughs> violation. i just like to say that that, I mean, clearly that is a violation. That's all I have to say. guess
0: just- okay. So now that we've officially ruled that uh, the Steve Jobs, the reason that Apple is blocking the Steve Jobs action figure is it blocks their patent for the automatic high-five machine. Now we understand.
2: (laughs) That's going to come out. That's the whole next step to Siri. That's iOS 6. It's going to have a big hand that comes out. It'll dial the phone for you, rub your back, and uh, all all kinds of other things. There's a whole new uh, market for apps when you have a, a, uh, a robotic hand sticking out of your iPhone so have you seen seen the internet hug
0: machine that somebody invented (laughs) it's a real thing it really is somebody invented a device where you could you could hug a dummy on your end and that hug would be transmitted to some mechanical arms on the other um apparently because the designers had nobody to hug them um
2: could you hug yourself i suppose you could I mean, you could program hugs in. So like throughout the, and then think about it, if you had that machine and like say in bed, you could have it spoon with you at night. It could cuddle up with you. It can snuggle with you. <laughs> look at that. See if it's got like an eight bit.
0: If it's got an eight bit chip in there, you could have up to two hundred and fifty-six different hug options time throughout the night.
2: That'd be that. awesome. We need to get off this it's conversation actually, right now before this gets way dirty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There is a uh, internet pajamas, they say, and um, they allow a parent and a child, as they say. It's a chi- parent and child hugging communication system. E. I, I don't know where to go with that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody does. Okay, so here's a good one since we're on copyright and all that sort of stuff. Sweden the government of Sweden has officially recognized the church of copyism based on internet file sharing.
2: Uh, I don't believe any of that stuff. I'm going to bring it up at my next flying spaghetti monster meeting.
0: (laughs) So, I mean, apparently (laughs) the rules for becoming a church in Sweden are pretty um, loose. But uh, here's the article I'm just going to read from BBC News. Um, A church whose central tenet is the right to file share has been formally recognized by the Swedish government. The Church of Copyism, spelled K-O-P-I-M-I-S-M, Copimism, claims that copy acting, sharing information through copying, is akin to a religious service. Therefore, they cannot be par- prosecuted under file sharing uh, laws under copyright laws because it's their their religious act of
2: worship. Wait, control C and control V, the copy and paste shortcuts are their sacred symbols. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So like when they go into their
0: church, they kind of make like a little carrot and then a C um, and that's the that's how they genuflect is the oh. control C command.
2: Well this makes sense though. This whole uh this whole religion was based or founded by a nineteen year old philosophy student. The only thing that Republicans hate more than Democrats it's is philosophy philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> philosophy students. You know what that's also called being unemployed once you get out of college. What do you do with a philosophy degree? <laughs> you sit around and wonder why the hell you got a philosophy that's right. degree. That's what you, you do with you it. You can think deep thoughts
0: about being unemployed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you hang out. You hang out with history majors. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Who also don't have any jobs. Or
0: all the psychology majors out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um for the church of copism information is a holy is holy and copying is a sacrament. Information holds value in itself and what it contains and the value multiplies through copying copying. Therefore, copying is central for the organization and its members. So copying is a procreative act, apparently. Hmm. Well, does great- that
1: mean that all people all people in Sweden who copy are now like mandated into this this religious sect?
0: I, I don't know about that. Not everybody. Oh, that's who a good say, point. Not everybody who says God is a is a Christian. Hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it's a uh, That's an interesting defense. I suspect this 19-year-old also has federal charges pending for copyright infringement, and this was his (laughs) defense. His lawyer came up with this.
2: Yeah, the Church of the Pirate Bay. That's good. That's awesome.
0: The Pirate Bay Sanctuary.
2: The Pirate Bay Sanctuary. I like that.
0: All right, what else we got here? If at first you don't succeed stop trying to kill the cat
2: see this is right up my alley see we had to drudge through if anyone's still av- actually listening to the podcast they got through all like the lame stuff the politics and the religion and the laws now we get to talking about killing cats That this is what i've been waiting for the entire episode <laughs> so uh this, this took place in, in Idaho, uh, at a, I'm sorry, Utah, at, the, at a, a shelter, and a cat had gotten astray, had been taken in, and was there for the 30 days, and no one adopted the cat, so they went to euthanize it, put it in a gas chamber, and they got the cat, and the cat was still alive. It survived, so they thought, whoa, what the heck, let's try it again. So they tossed this poor cat back in into the, the gas chamber again and gassed it again, and they thought it was dead. So they bagged it up and stuck it in the cooler to be incinerated or whatever, and, uh, checked back a little bit later and saw that the cat had puked all over itself. So that was kind of their telltale sign that it was actually still alive. And then they finally gave up. So, um, I guess, I don't know, maybe cats don't have nine lives, but they at least have three because this one was killed twice and, and lived to, to tell. And well, i see, have That's to what I'm you,
0: thinking while I'm reading this. They they just need to try seven more times. Seven more times. <laughs> that's
2: gonna a, say, Duh. That's a lot of money spent on a cat. And I, I for one, I hate cats. And so I saw this and I actually see this as kind of a, a failure story. I mean, talk about giving up. Where's our... Where's our work ethic in America?
0: (laughs) That's why so many (laughs) Americans are on welfare. They don't have the tenacity it takes to kill a cat properly.
2: I mean, we can't even get an organization like the SPCA to follow along and and show us, you know, demonstrate what what we should be doing as Americans. They can't even do their jobs. They give up. What a bunch of quitters.
1: (laughs) I mean, you had all kinds of options, like, you know, tie the tail to another cat. Yeah, try some. (laughs) Clothesline.
0: (laughs) You had... Uh, you you, know, you mentioned this, it was expensive. It, I'm thinking ball peen hammers are pretty cheap at the hardware store.
2: Yeah, uh, well, you know there are other ethical ways to kill. I mean, certain every state has different uh, you know things that you're allowed to do if you do have the death penalty. I mean, firing firing squad. Why couldn't they've shot the cat? That's <laughs> acceptable.
1: <laughs> why not take the cat swimming with you?
2: Yeah, Dive yeah, in exactly. 3 times, come up twice. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, hanging hangings are still actually a, a accepted form, accepted form of, of execution in some states. They could have tried that. I'm I'm just saying and I'm not saying that they should have done that. I'm just saying there were options and there they are explored
0: are. those options. <laughs> Here's the crazy thing about the <laughs> laws in America. Okay. So they they looked in the bag, the the cat was sick, hypothermic, had thrown up. Had they taken that bag and thrown it in the dumpster, that would have been cruelty to animals and therefore a felony. <laughs> <laughs> but trying to kill it was okay, but abandoning it after the failed uh, attempt to kill it would have been a felony, or at least a a, a, a a state crime.
2: Electrocution. Just throwing them out there. Another option we didn't talk about. <laughs> Tiny, tiny little chairs. <laughs> the, 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 the little, you know, and they'd have to cut holes for the ears on the little cap that they put on it. Just, it looks so cute. And think about it, if they got some pictures of this. This is an internet meme waiting to happen.
0: Please don't put me in that bag, boss. I'm scared of the dock.
2: I can has electrocution.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's almost as good as the mullet story almost yeah. <laughs> okay and uh while we're on lighthearted topics uh brian you want to talk about the shooting in brownsville texas <laughs>
2: yeah, so yeah i threw
1: that in there i figured you know being from texas mark you probably have a strong opinion about um why the police officers down there decide to shoot students carrying yes. guns pointing Sorry. them yeah. at them
0: well, you know, in Texas, everybody carries a gun, so that part is not all that unusual. <laughs> Including the students. <laughs> yeah. I was—I forget. I don't think it was Texas, but there was a news story I saw the other day about a woman who was in the house with her baby, and somebody was trying to break in the house. She, she uh, They yeah. played the 911 tape, all right? She had a shotgun yep. and a pistol in her hand and was cocking the phone between her ear and her shoulder, talking to 911, saying, can I shoot him? And the 911 operator said, "You can't do anything until he enters the house." That poor guy put one micro millimeter of his body into her house, and he was gone. And the other guy who was with him suddenly wasn't so interested in breaking into her house. So she she waited till he crossed the threshold by roughly the hem of his pants, and that was
1: it. That's right. He was so, blown back out of the door by the gunshot. Right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, and and in Texas, you would actually have to go drag his body back into your house because if they found him that way, that would be okay. But no, but the police said that it was justifiable. Okay, so um Brownsville, Texas. I haven't read this thing. Uh so summarize it for me, Brian.
1: Um basically a 8th grade student, I believe it was, um decided to come to school with a gun and was um displaying the gun to other students or whatever and police were called the schools put on lockdown and they met him, um, met him in the hallway or whatever. And he would refuse to listen to what they had to say and put the gun down and all that kind of stuff. And ultimately, um, he was shot and killed in the hallway of the school.
0: Yeah, but I'm reading it now. It says that it was a, a, a BB, a pellet gun. It was a BB pellet gun. gun, yeah. Yeah, an air rifle.
1: Yeah, which was found out later after right. the fact. Um, And my understanding of toy guns, you know, ones that don't shoot things, they have like an orange cap on the end of right. them and everything right. like that. So, you know, in this day and age with schools and, and the shootings and different things that have happened. um. I, w- I would have to say I-, I can understand where the police officers would be coming from and perhaps um, erring on the side of shooting.
0: Yeah, I, it's it's terrible when anybody loses their life, certainly a 15-year-old boy. Uh, but you point a gun at armed men, bad things will happen to you. Uh, and unfortunately, that's a lesson he didn't live long enough to learn.
2: Yeah, you don't get a chance to learn that lesson and, and live to tell. Yeah.
0: Um, You know, and I'm sure these officers, there there will be an investigation. They will probably be charged uh, uh, at least for civil rights violations, if nothing else. Uh, But, um, I mean, it says on the recording, the police can be heard saying, put the gun down, put it on the floor. Um, And then someone in the background says, he says that he's willing to die. So if you're a cop, you hear that, that the kid isn't putting the gun down. Are you going to wait and see if it's a Daisy Air Red Rider BB gun with a compass in the stock and a thing that tells time? Um, you know, yeah,
1: it is the Christmas season.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't mean to make light of this. Well, actually, I do. I just made a joke about it, but um, the concept itself <laughs> is terrible. This is there's a grieving parent out there, but um, it could just as easily have been that the cops' families were grieving. So in that situation, nobody wins. But um, I'm inclined to not blame the cops this time.
2: No, I agree with you. I agree with
0: you. All right. Thanks for bringing us down there, Brian.
2: Yeah. Well, wait, 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 wait. let's end on a high note. Um, so I was looking through, and again, the cat story took place in Utah, and at one time, beheading was also an option. Oh, okay. For um, <laughs> one other there. <for, laughs> I, mean, I just want to. I mean, I just want to make sure we cover all our bases. I, I'd be really embarrassed if a like, caller called in and said that we hadn't been thorough with that one.
0: Yeah, I wonder if the cat had multiple wives since it was in Utah. That's oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> that's Mark at com. And there's other great stuff that that we're in the notes, and we're just going to talk about them. Later. We, we covered the importance when we covered uh, cat deaths and Kelly Clarkson. So uh, I think that's going to do it. Guys, anything else you want to add before we wrap things up?
2: No, I think I've said enough to incriminate myself for one night, Mark.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the pink slip is being filled out as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> Brian?
2: Um,
1: I see dead cats. <laughs> <laughs> they're everywhere, they're around me.
0: They're walking around like regular cats. They day. <laughs> Okay, so if you have the guts to Brian, tell people where they can contact you to give uh, to uh, give you a piece of their mind about this show.
1: They can contact me probably via Twitter is the best way, and you can find me at John McCawski. <laughs> it's weird, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Um and then if you would like to um speak with John, you can also find him at the same where I I understand. He'll get the messages to me, trust me.
2: <laughs> uh, just funnel everything uh, right? you, I'm the conduit. Go right <laughs> to me. That's right. Uh I yeah, thought go you ahead. wanted the cat to be the conduit. Yes. Well <laughs> a whole different kind of conduit. Well, it depends on what method you chose. Yeah, I mean okay. I'm all I'm saying is clearly what they were trying wasn't working. There was other options.
0: All right, Brian, you say you hate <laughs> cats. Would you feel the same if this were a dog?
2: Um, I don't really li- like. How many lives do dogs have? They all have too many, if you ask me. Anything that <laughs> anything that sheds and drips things in my house that shouldn't be dripped on my carpets, get them all out. Whatever. <laughs> so your children? <laughs> you <supposed laughs> just to that, Really? <laughs> yeah, they, they are young, but I know they'll grow out of it. Dogs, <laughs> dogs, and cats—they get older and they just drip more. They they lose control of all functions. So until my kids are like 90, and by then it won't be an issue for me. So.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, John, what's your contact information? If people uh, like to contact you and and, uh, and say nice things about you.
2: And say nice things about me. Well, uh, I guess you can reach me at john at um, uh, unless you're my principal who is probably going to listen to this, and then you can find me Um Probably in the human resources office filling out all my uh, <laughs> <laughs> my severance package.
0: You're gonna move straight into your classroom in the morning and get a box out and start packing up your personal stuff. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm gonna get to school next week after this airs, and it's just gonna be a padlock on my door. Because <laughs> I think my yeah, all the cat lovers in my building are gonna be very angry. They're gonna be, not talk to me anymore. It's embarrassing. <laughs>
0: Well, I if you want to I contact me, you. my name is Mark Cockrell. My website, my blog that I never write in anymore is markcockrell.com. But most importantly, you can find me at elementop.com. I'm the one responsible for this mess, so blame me for it. <laughs> um, uh, somebody was talking to me recently about uh, blogging and how come I don't blog much anymore. I'm on the air, quote unquote. I'm podcasting 10 hours a week. When do I have time to blog? And what would I say? I've said everything. On the show, on on the many shows, so the blog has sort of taken a uh, a back seat. But if you want to see what I used to write, you can find me there at dot <laughs> com. And any prospective employers out there, um, the uh, the things said on this show may or may not reflect the opinions of me,
1: of anyone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> when I get fired from my teaching job, I'm going to take up a position at the SPCA because I have ideas that's going to really take their organization to the next level.
0: You you've got uh, you know how to to really see things through there, don't you? I'm a visionary.
2: Yeah.
1: You could. I would able- like to see a poster out of John, you know, just like the options when euthanasia doesn't work.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make a flow chart.
1: <laughs> so everybody click on the last link there. Um in in when John says flow chart, this is what the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs>
0: the bacon flow chart.
1: And it is a bacon flow chart. And so if you just kind of you know go through the bacon flow chart it's it's absolutely you know I I'm really hungry what bacon. should i eat i love bacon you know do i have any bacon
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love the so, the very first one is a circular loop there what should i eat not bacon no you want bacon you're right i want bacon
1: <laughs> i love bacon <laughs> <laughs> i'll
0: put that in the show it's yeah. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> Okay, I have to end this thing. I have to put an end to it. It's a mercy killing, John. We're going to do it right
2: now. How would you like to do it?
0: We're going to euthanize this show by simply saying that ends this episode of The Periodic Table. Good night, everybody.